Bow your heads and hearts with me. Our Heavenly Father, again, I just say thank you. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for allowing us to gather one more time. Thank you for uh, this beautiful, uh, very fall-like day. Thank you for uh, just giving us, uh, as the prayers have been offered, uh, the ability to intake air into our lungs. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, now I ask that you would uh, uh, clear the minds, um, give me clarity of, of, of thought and speech so I can uh, share what you've given me and uh, we have receptive hearts to receive. Thank you, Father. It's in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus. He's the Christ. Let every heart say, Amen. Amen. Uh, so we today, today, today we conclude our systematic study of Paul's letter to the Romans. As I've shared, uh, reminded us, it's a journey that started uh, in February of last year. We started at 1-1 and now we're at the end of the 16th chapter. Uh, for those of us old enough to, to know what this means, as I like to share, it's been an e-ticket. It's been an e-ticket. Now for uh, Gabriel and Daniela, what's an e-ticket? E-ticket is are those little paper things that Disneyland used to have, uh, little books. You'd buy a little book, and those were your ride vouchers. A, B, C, D, and E. A was like uh, the ride down Main Street on a, on a truck. That was a dud. So you got a lot of those, but you only got one or two of the e-tickets, and those were the best rides. There were only two uh, when I was a kid. I think it was the monorail uh, and the uh, Matterhorn. That was it. So when you say there's an e-ticket, that means it's not only a great ride, it's a rare ride. And so we have had both, I pray, for you, it has been for me, both a great and rare ride to really spend time, uh, really spend time going deep uh, into the letter to the Romans. Uh, is the subtitle of the, the slide even let's, reminds us. It's uh, a real letter from a real person to a real church. And so today we're just going to look at the, um, the final three verses, um, the final three verses of the 16th. Uh, we get it going? Maybe not. Go ahead, advance it. Uh, I'll just give you the high sign. Uh, now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all Gentiles might come to the come to the obedience that comes from faith to the only wise God, be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Now to him who is able. Let's just pause just just kind of like right there. Uh, just right there. Paul concludes his letter to the Romans with a phrase that you'll also find in the 20th verse of the third chapter of the letter to the Ephesians. Some attributed to Paul, really don't know, but let's pretend. Uh, 
now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. And the 24th verse of Jude, to him who is able to keep you from falling, present you faultless for the presence of his glory. Him who is able. Him who is able. Four words translated here, two words in the original text. But have you ever, I don't know, maybe it's just me, it's the engineer in me. Have you ever just like considered those words? Who is able? Who is able? Um, as with many translated words, it's understated from the original text. The original text conveys uh, a substantial amount of ability to get the job done. Well, that's what able means. No, you don't understand. You don't understand. Uh, it's, 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 I was thinking of examples, and uh, all of them fall short, but one that came to mind was, you, know, you asked the rhetorical question, is Serena Williams able to beat me in tennis? Uh, and it's not even that much of a comparison. She may miss a shot on her own, you know, when she goes for those 200 mile an hour serves or whatever they are. It may go out of bounds. Nothing I've done. She just made error. She made error. But God doesn't error. And so what Paul is writing about, what he's trying to give you a, 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 a window to look through in the text, he's informing us that the hymn, God, is fully capable of doing what needs to be done. In this case, he writes to establish us in accordance, consistent with the good news that Paul has been proclaiming about Jesus, who is the Christ. For you English majors, again, it's in the present tense, which means it's a continuing or ongoing action in the original text. Something that happens repeatedly or is in the process of happening. Paul writes that God is continuously establishing. He's continuously fixing. He's continuously propping up. He is continually strengthening the church. How? It's in the text. Through and by the good news message Paul preached. These verses are a nice bookend to what Paul introduced at the start of his letter, chapter 1, verse 1, uh, where he writes, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. 
The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who has who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord, through him, we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to obedience. And that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. We're not going back. We're not, we're not starting in 1-1. One, one, and so you need to go to message one to get the full breakdown on that. But the gospel, the good news, promised by God, preached by the prophets, fulfilled by the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, who is the Christ. Uh, that, my dear friends, is the gospel. You want to know what the gospel is? That's the gospel. It's not making us a better version of our old selves. That's not the gospel. That's, that's a lot of folks think that's the gospel. You know, you, 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 you come to a religious uh, space and they're going to give you a, a little salt to make your life steak taste a little better. That's, that's, that's not the gospel. I don't know. I'm not sure what that is. It's, the gospel is not about making me feel better. That's not the gospel. Uh, it's, it's, not about, it's not about teaching me to try harder in my own strength to do the things that I'm incapable of doing. That's not the gospel. Uh, trying hard to be holy. Oh, so that means you're supposed to be unholy. See, that's why you don't understand. You need a small group Bible study. You know, it's, just, it's, it's like, no, you, you don't get it. See, but where we fail is trying to, or is seeing the gospel is something of a human contrivance. That's not the gospel. Uh, as I said, the gospel is called and owned by Jesus Christ. It moves us from darkness into that thing we call the marvelous light. That's the gospel. That, that's, that's the gospel. That's the gospel. That, that's the gospel. The gospel transforms. The, the gospel makes new. It, 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 again, uh, I won't recap. Uh, I'm kind of doing it, but I, I, I promise I won't. Uh, the summary of the letter to the Romans is this. This is, this is it. Both Jew and Gentile. Those of the promise and those of us that have been adopted in. Uh, we have a heavenly design, salvific, salvation-based purpose. We have a heavenly designed purpose for our lives. As Paul writes in the 16th and 17th verse of the first chapter. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. 
For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The gospel, the gospel, the revealed power of God. That's the gospel. I, I know, it's, 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 man, this is dense. No, no, if you, if you bear with me. Like Paul, you do know that I have a gospel and you have a gospel. Well, I thought there was one gospel. There is only one gospel. Not gospel in competition or contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ, but a lived revelation of the transformation power of the Holy Spirit. You have a gospel. You have a gospel. Oh boy. All right. So <laughs> I hear you. I'm not sure I have a gospel. I, I, I hear you. I'm not sure I have good news, right? In response, let me just say uh, either you haven't reached a point of surrender to God that has yet to take place. And that's assuming that we have looked at religion as a substitute, as Audrey just, just read, a substitute for relationship, or we have yet to surrender, as the old saints would say, to the will and to the way of the Holy Spirit. You have a gospel. One theologian put it uh, this way, justification is the first step of sanctification. Justification is the first step of sanctification. There has to be a point in your life where you have, you have just said, okay, I, I give. I, I give. I give. I am, I, I am incapable of doing things on my own. I can't be religious enough to, to, to get me from point A to point B. I know. Well, well, I, well I don't recall... Uh, uh, doing that is just as again as my father would say and the old saints would say just keep living just keep living there's going to come a point in time in your life where you're going to hit tilt and it's just like like Paul knocked off his beast who are you Lord who, who, who are you well I'm the one you're playing fast and loose with, Paul. You're, you're, I'm the one that you've been doing religion, trying to persecute me. No, I'm trying to exalt God. No, you're not. You're persecuting me. You're living a religious life unto yourself. And it won't get you from point A to point B. Uh, the gospel, the revealed purpose of God. So again, looking at today's text, um, now to him who is able... Now to him who is able. Paul writes that everything that I've written, everything that I've written, I want you to understand that it has been, is, and will always be God that establishes us. Now unto him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, 
so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith to the only wise God, be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. It has been, it is, and will always be God that establishes us. This is just the first warning in my closing. This is first warning. First warning, Sister Jones. You know, the, the, it was, uh, they don't, I haven't seen that commercial in a long time. The United Negro College Fund, uh, they had a little tagline that said, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. Having ability is one thing. Having a tel intelligence is another thing. Having ability and having intelligence. You do know those are two different things. Having ability and having intelligence. I don't have to uh, eavesdrop on your conversations. I know that you know that you've been around people where both of those circles don't intersect too much. I'm just saying. I just, I, I, ability and intelligence. Ability and intelligence. Ability and intelligence. Um, isn't it wonderful? Ain't it good news that we worship and we are established by a God that is both all-powerful and all-wise? He's all-powerful and he's all-wise. Um, our study of the letter to the Romans, for me, has been enlightening, challenging, comforting, frustrating. It's been a journey that revealed a whole lot about me. And I pray that it also has done that for you. Um, the takeaways from the text here, uh, and dare I say the whole letter, are obvious and both repeating. The first. Here's the first takeaway from this text and is a theme for the whole letter. Mark is not all-powerful. I know that is, that is so profound and you're just like, okay. <laughs> Neither are you. You're not all-powerful. Uh, not even close, Sister Jones. Not, not even close. I hear you. Duh. Uh, well, duh, back at you. Why do we act as if we are all-powerful? Why do we live our lives as if we're all-powerful? Uh, in too many ways to begin to list, I take it upon myself. You take it upon yourself to fix stuff. It's in our nature, especially in men. First thing, <laughs> you be around uh, a lady for a little while and try and fix something when all they want to do is be in community with you, you'll get corrected real quick. I didn't ask you to fix anything. I just want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. Hear, hear me. Uh, but we go around trying to fix this 
and fix that. And the only thing that we end up doing, I am convinced, is to make the things worse. Uh, the second takeaway is tied to the first. That is, we don't possess all wisdom. I have intelligence, some. I have scripture. I even have the same spirit of the living God that raised Jesus from the dead. But what I don't have is knowledge of the end at the beginning. I'll say it again. What I don't have is knowledge of the end at the beginning. So like any book, you kind of open up the book, and if it's a real book, well, it's a like good book, it's, it's a book, uh, there are cliffhangers, there are twists, there are turns, there, there's, there's points of frustration. Why doesn't, the, why doesn't the, the, the arc of the story go this way? Why does it go that way? Why does the, 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 the star of the book uh, not intervene when the, 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 the damsel or the, or, the, or the person who's in distress, why doesn't the, 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 the person intervene and fix things? So I become, you become, Anxious, nervous, confused, angry, upset, depressed. Do I go on? You don't have to. <laughs> I'm talking about where we live. That's where we're at. See? We're not our powerful, and we don't have all wisdom. But the good news is, this is the good news, a wise God who has nothing but infinite love for me is, as the song goes, he's working it out for my good. He's all wise and he's all powerful. Uh, wonderfully, thankfully, we are given opportunities to see that partially completed uh, handiwork of this all-powerful and all-wise God. And I absolutely love how uh, historically we've often responded uh, to those situations when we've seen things turn out in a way that we couldn't otherwise determine or couldn't see turn out. And what's our response? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Uh, I don't need to call the roll. I, I don't need to call the roll because I couldn't get through it. Um, you all know what I have experienced over the last nine months. But you all know what you've experienced over the last nine months. And if we would only allow the only wise and only powerful God to have his will and his way in your life, whatever it is you're going through, I guarantee you're going to come back with the words, won't he do it? I, I, won't, I won't sugarcoat it and say in the middle of the book there are times you want to rip the book apart toss it in the fireplace 
but I'm here to tell you now, won't he do it? Whatever, whatever you're going, I, I'm, I'm, see, I'm, I'm like the psalmist. I once was young, now I'm old. Literally and figuratively, this one thing I do know, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen him begging for bread. But how we can capture the essence of that in the text of all of Romans in just four simple words. Won't he do it? I challenge you. I challenge whatever is going on in your life. Whatever is going on in your life, give it to him. You can't fix it. You can't fix it. You can't fix it. But, but you don't know who I'm married to. You don't know the, the stuff. You don't know who I work with. You don't know my kids. You don't know, you don't know the health issue. You don't know. Give it to him. Give it to him. Whatever it is you want. You can't fix it. And what we need to do is stop attempting to fix it. Say that God is, well, God, well, you, you, you gave me a mind and two hands and two feet. And you told me, it's, it's like, just stand still. Just, 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 just stand still. Allow me to fix the situation you're in. Then give me the glory. Then give me the praise. Well, you know, man's got to do what a man's got to do. Woman's got to do what a woman's got to do. I got, you know, you got to let him fix it. Let him fix it. Let him fix it. Let's pray. Our Father, our God, again, we say thank you. Thank you for our time and our space. Thank you for this opportunity to, to really come to a, this, this, this spiritual fork in the road where we, we have a choice now. We can continue down the religious path and continue to do the religious things and continue to uh, even pay, uh, pray the pious and religious prayers. Or we can uh, stand down and let you fix it. Fix the broken heart. Fix the failed relationships. Fix the incomplete financial picture. Fix every issue of our spiritual journey. Father, you're just, you're just asking for the opportunity. You're just, you're just, you're just waiting, waiting for that, that mysterious uh, intersection of where, where we reach up to you reach down. And, and, and there's this connection, Father, above the mercy seat where you said you will meet us there. That's what you said. You will, you will meet us 
right there. Father, you know your, your daughters and your sons. You know us. You know our frame. You know we're dust. And you know our, the challenges that we face. And Father, you know our, our tendencies, uh, what we're prone to do. Father, again, give us wisdom to lean hard into you and allow you the opportunity to fix it. And Father, we will be so careful and so quick to give you the glory, honor, and praise. Thank you, Father. It's in the name of your Son, our Savior, the Christ. We ask it all. Let every heart say, Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let him fix it. Let him fix it. Let him fix it. Let him fix it. What is what what is it? What is it? What I don't know. What is it? Let him fix it. Let him fix it. And then come back and share again. Just just won't he do it? Won't he won't he do it? Won't he do it? Bow your heads and hearts again. Our Father, our God, again, we say thank you for Christ. Thank you for doing all things well. Thank you for the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for these women and men that have come together to worship you, to do life together, to, to, to share um, our triumphs and our struggles, fully recognizing that it's in you that we live, we move, and we have our being. Be with us this day. Watch over us. Father, my prayer is that you protect us from the evil one. Protect us from the evil one. Protect us from the traps and snares uh, of the world. All the lures of the world. Protect us from that. And Father, I pray that you would please protect us from ourselves. Keep us from messing up things. You're only wise. You are the only wise God. And you're all powerful. You can and you will fix it for your glory and your honor. Father, I thank you and I praise you. It's in the name of your Son, our Savior, the Christ. Let every heart say, Amen. 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 Greet somebody.